0: I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is 5th Emission. Tired of being trapped in traffic? Tired of pollution? The year was 2008. We were in the depths of an economic recession, but Californians were sold on what sounded like a really good idea. The high-speed rail is clean and quick, going from San Francisco to Los Angeles in less than two and a half hours. Vote yes on Prop 1A for a faster, cleaner future. Prop 1A was supposed to bring us up to speed quite literally, to what other countries have already had in place, high-speed rail and bullet trains. California voters approved the sale of nearly $10 billion in bonds, giving the state the green light to start building the train infrastructure. The plan was to have the rail eventually stretch the full length of the West Coast, but after 14 years and about $5 billion, the project has been dubbed the train to nowhere as it faced political and fiscal barriers. California Governor Gavin Newsom slamming the brakes, the Democrat significantly scaling back on a long-promised high-speed rail project connecting San Francisco to Los Angeles, saying the price tag is astronomical. Instead of fulfilling the original promise for a high-speed rail to run between the Bay Area and L.A., the state has instead focused its efforts efforts in the middle, in Central Valley. Here's the governor in 2019. I know some critics are going to say, well, that's a train to nowhere. But I think that's wrong. And I think that's offensive. The people of the Central Valley endure the worst air pollution in America and have some of the longest commutes in this state. Last week, the project gained important momentum. Rail officials approved a bullet train link between San Francisco and the Central Valley. State Capitol reporter Dustin Gardner is here to talk about why that's significant. He says the high-speed rail is having its hot girl summer, and he's here to explain why and what it means for California's long-held dream of a high-speed rail. Dustin, great to have you on Fifth Emission.
1: Good to be with you.
0: So, Dustin, it's been 14 years since Californians voted to build a high speed rail in the state, but very little progress has been made since then. What have been the main barriers? Why has getting this project off the ground been so difficult and expensive?
1: Well, trains were supposed to originally start running in the year 2020. Um, we're obviously well past that point, and we're nowhere near having trains running on the track. There's been a couple of main reasons that costs have gone up. One of the big ones is just litigation. Everywhere you know the train tracks go, the high-speed rail authorities had to be involved in lengthy lawsuits with different landowners, different ranchers in the Central Valley. So that has been a big factor in terms of the delays. Another factor has just been costs. The cost of materials has gone up dramatically since This project was approved by voters back in 2008. The cost is well over quadrupled. I think we went from something like $20 billion total price tag to we're now over $105 billion in a total price Mm -hmm. tag. Um, Mm -hmm. So things have just gone up um, exponentially. And beyond those factors, the other factor is the politics of this. There's been an ongoing tug of war about where the train gets built first and what types of projects get built first. And so all those things have combined just to kind of create a perfect storm that has really hammered this project.
0: So what rail infrastructure has been built so far? Remind us.
1: All the work that's been done so far has almost exclusively been in the Central Valley. The Bakersfield to Merced segment, it's about 170 miles. And no track has been laid on that segment yet, but there has been a lot of construction work on bridges and viaducts and other types of infrastructure that would eventually be part of the rail system.
0: So let's talk about the latest developments in the Central Valley. We're talking about a bullet train linking the region to San Francisco. Why is approval for this such a big deal?
1: It's a huge deal because until recently, there had been no segments of the train that were approved to run into coastal areas. A couple of months ago, there was a segment approved to run into Silicon Valley. And then this this builds on that segment by running the rest of the way from San Jose to San Francisco. So it's a huge deal in that sense, um, the first time we're in, into a coastal region. And it also you know just gives the project a lot of momentum as planners begin more advanced designing and as they compete for federal grants to try to build more sections of this train. And there's also been kind of a symbolic importance to um, the coast as part of the high-speed rail project. Mm-hmm. There has been a lot of consternation about the effort to build FIRST in the Central Valley. And part of that is because the purpose of high-speed rail was always to sort of level the playing field in California by connecting the Central Valley, the poor part of the state, with the more developed and prosperous coast. And by having this planning underway, it really helps high-speed rail achieve that long Term vision.
0: So, leveling the playing field is part of the benefits here, but it's also, I'm guessing, addressing some of our region's pain points like cost of living and affordable housing, right?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the benefits would go both directions. People in the Central Valley would have access to higher paying jobs in the tech sector and other sectors on the coast. Mm -hmm. In turn, people who live or work in the Bay Area would have access to affordable housing in the Central Valley. They would be much more easily able to hop on a train and ride an hour or less to a job center in the Bay Area. The benefits are supposed to be mutual.
0: So paint a picture for me. What did the High Speed Rail Authority approve last week and what would that infrastructure look like in the city of San Francisco?
1: They approved a 43-mile section from downtown San Jose into downtown San Francisco. And this would include stops at San Francisco International Airport slash Millbrae, and then also stops at King and Four Streets in downtown San Francisco. And ultimately, the hope is that that King Street station could be replaced by a station at the Salesforce Transbay uh, station in downtown San Francisco. So there's just a handful of stations, but mainly the plan is that this line would utilize existing Caltrain track. Caltrain is the commuter rail service for the region, and they're already in the process of electrifying their train track, and so High speed Rail would share that same track with them and use it to piggyback the rest of the way from Silicon Valley into the city.
0: We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. So, Dustin, you mentioned that The state had decided to build the train from the Central Valley first, as opposed to inward from Los Angeles and the Bay Area. Why did they decide to take that strategy instead?
1: Well, initially, when plans for the light rail started to coming together about 20 years ago or longer, um, the plan was to build it inward from the biggest metro areas in L.A. and San Francisco, build inward to the Central Valley. But then that plan was scrapped along the way, and a big part of it was federal funding. Um, the state was most successful getting a major federal grant in the late 2000s to build that segment in the Central Valley from Bakersfield to Merced. And because that's where the federal funding went first, the state decided to focus there. I and mean, a couple of years ago, Gavin Newsom, he really ticked a lot of people off on, on both sides of the issue when he said that his focus was going to be just on that Central Valley segment because there was not money to build the other segments. After Newsom said that, he sort of backtracked and, and said that he really wants to keep the focus statewide and he wants mm-hmm. there to be a focus still on building in inward from the coast, but Central Valley would have to come first. Mm. It's been kind of a shifting conversation. And there's a lot of nuance to how Newsom's administration is couched, where they're focusing their efforts. But really, it just did come down to federal funding. That's where the feds wanted the first investment to be was in the Central Valley.
0: You've mentioned that there's been some political tug of war. Back in 2008, the nearly $10 billion bond measure that passed won about 53 percent of the vote. So it was fairly split what has political will look like in Sacramento?
1: There's still a lot of hurt feelings about the way this project has come down, especially the, that decision to build the Central Valley first. And that that history has caused a lot of legislators, particularly members from the Los Angeles area, who realize that their metro area is probably going to be last after the Central Valley, mm. after the Bay Area, L.A. will be next. And so they have pushed a variety of things where they've questioned the state's strategy on the project. And the big one in the last couple of years was that they wanted to see the state instead um, take a piece of the funding that had already been approved for the Central Valley line and use it to focus on projects in LA and the Bay Area that could eventually connect to high-speed rail, but it would give them more opportunity to get more construction dollars in their regions and have more immediate projects that their constituents could see. That effort ultimately failed. The state did find other money for other regional transportation projects. And the money for the Central Valley Line was kept whole and in intact, but as part of that, the rail authority is now required to have a new inspector general to audit their performance and just ensure that there's more transparency. So it has been a very long political saga, and I'm sure it's probably not the mm. last iteration that we'll see.
0: So, how much of that original bond funding, which was passed in 2008, how much of that has been spent?
1: Of the 9.95 billion um, that was originally approved, almost all of it has been spent. Mm. The 4.2 that is left over has now been earmarked for the Central Valley. That money has not been spent yet, but it's now all earmarked for that project. And so there really is no other money left to pursue the other extensions to the Bay Area or Los Angeles.
0: And where would the rail authority have to find additional funding?
1: All of us, really, essentially. Mm. It's going to come down to voters and the federal government to pick up the tab. There is a lot of hope among the Rail Authority Board that the federal government will be willing to give the state pretty significant additional grants um, now that the Biden administration has set aside a lot of money for rail projects across the country. So that could be a big piece of it. But ultimately, a pretty significant piece would probably have to come to voters. And, you know, no one has said when they're going to ask voters to approve additional funding yet. But the thinking is eventually down the road, several years, they'll probably come back with that ask.
0: So this latest approval is a big deal for people who support the rail project. But what are naysayers saying now?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people who are very critical of this project, even people who had supported early iterations of it. Uh, I talked to Quentin Kopp, the retired judge and former state senator who was the former leader of the Rail Authority Board, and he told me that he just thinks no more money should be spent on this. He thinks it should all be diverted to local commuter rail in the Bay Area and Los Angeles because he just thinks this is an epic boondoggle. But at the same time, you know, we've seen recent polling. There was a polling this past spring that showed there was, I think it was, um, High fifties, close to sixty percent voter voter approval for the rail project. Still, Bay Area's for a long time has been one of the most supportive regions, and I think a lot of that is people in the region who feel like we really have no option but to go this route. Given you know the challenges we face with climate change, we can't just continue to rely on cars and airplanes to get people across the state. We need a cleaner form of transportation, electrified transportation. So there are a lot of naysayers, but again, the polling still shows that a Majority of Californians still support it.
0: And Dustin, it also feels like the federal government might have a big investment in seeing this get done, right? I mean, there's no high-speed rail in North America, but so many other developed countries do have a system.
1: That's exactly true. I mean, we're the only project in America that's even close to being done. There are no other shovel-ready projects right now in America that are under construction to this extent. So I think that is a big part of the equation. And I think, you know, when I talk to state legislators about this, a lot of them point to other countries. They talk about the trips they've taken to Europe or to China and the rail experiences they had there. And they're just sort of bewildered that it has taken us so long and cost us so much money to make so little progress. But they don't want to give up. They want to keep going because they think it's essential in their mind for the long-term survival of the state economically to compete with other countries.
0: So in the meantime, for this bullet train to run from San Francisco to Central Valley, when's the earliest we could see these trains up and running?
1: The first trains are now slated to start running in the Central Valley in 2029. And then depending if they're able to find funding to continue construction on the Silicon Valley and San Francisco lines, we could see um, trains going into San Jose by 2031 and then trains going into San Francisco by 2023. But again, I'll emphasize that the project, the Rail Authority needs about $25 billion at least probably to make
0: that a reality. Dustin, thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Thanks for having me. Dustin Gardner covers the state capital for The Chronicle. His story about the high-speed rail project is online at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. Thanks to Karen Creighton for producing and editing this episode and to you for listening.